clear out. Good morning. This is a Clark County Board of Equalization hearing for February 26, 2024. County Clerk has informed us that this meeting has been posted and properly noticed. At this time, can we please call the roll? Terry Farr. Present. Tammy Campa. Here. Pio DeFederico. Present. Petra Latch. Present. Evan Rains. Thank you. Motion to adopt the agenda. Please cast your votes. Motion passes. Before we start, microphone is open for any public comment. Seeing none, I will close the microphone. We need to swear in the petitioners. Anyone who intends to testify on behalf of the petitioners and members of the assessor's office, please stand and face the county clerk to be sworn in. Do you solemnly swear that the testimony you are about to give during the course of this hearing is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Thank you. Now we have a statement from the district attorney's office on what the Board of Equal Equalization is and is not allowed to do. The County Board of Equalization may determine the value of any property the county assessor assesses and may change and correct any valuation found to be incorrect to make it conform to the taxable value of the property. Any taxpayer who claims overvaluation of its real or secured personal property by reason of undervaluation or non-assessment of another taxpayer's property within any county of the state may appeal to the County Board of Equalization in the county where the property is located concerning the assessed value and present evidence. If the County Board of Equalization finds merit in the complaint, it shall increase the value of the property complained of to conform to its taxable value. 
A taxpayer who believes that his or her property was assessed at a higher value than another property, identical in use and comparable in location, may appeal the assessment to the County Board of Equalization. If the board finds that an inequity exists in the assessment of the value of the land or improvements or both, the board may add to or deduct from the value of the appellant's land or improvements or both, or to the property to which it is compared to equalize the assessment. A taxpayer who believes that the full cash value of his or her property is less than its taxable value computed for the current assessment year may appeal to the County Board of Equalization. If the board agrees, it may correct the land value or fix a percentage of obsolescence to be deducted from the taxable value of improvements or both to equalize the taxable and full cash value. A public officer cannot act on a matter that would reasonably be affected by the public officer's commitment in a private capacity without disclosing information in public to the chair and other members of this body. In addition, a public officer shall not vote upon or advocate the passage or failure of a matter with respect to which the independence of judgment of a reasonable person in the public officer's situation would be materially affected by the officer's acceptance of a gift or loan, the officer's significant pecuniary interest, or the officer's commitment in a private capacity to the interests of another person. Thank you. Agenda item six, uh, discussion of possible action on assessor recommendations. Ms. Widener. Yes, Chairman, you will find the assessor recommendations starting on page eight of your agenda. Thank you. I motion to accept the assessor's recommendations on page 87 of the agenda. Please cast your votes. That motion passes. We have no NOAs. Just on to procedural. Yes, just if you review the procedural rules for the folks that are here today. Thank you. Thank you. This hearing is recorded and part of the public record. It is difficult to transcribe the hearings with concurrent multiple voices. Please do not speak if another party has the floor. If you have the floor, please speak clearly into the microphone. Please note we do not discuss property taxes in these hearings. Your net property taxes may not be affected by the outcome of your case. Procedural rules relative to presenting appeals are as follows. When we call your case, please come up to the podium, state your name and address into the microphone for the record. The assessor will briefly describe the property to the board. You will then present evidence for your case. The assessor staff will provide their evidence to support the assessor's opinion of the taxable value. You may then respond to the assessor's case, but you are limited to the rebuttal of evidence presented by the assessor. Please keep comments limited specifically to your case. Please do not address the assessor staff. The board will ask questions of the petitioner or the staff. The board will discuss the testimony and information provided and move forward with the decision. If you or the assessor's office are unhappy with the board's decision, both parties have the right to appeal with the State Board of Equalization. Appeal forms are in the hallway outside the door to the chambers. Do we have any general administrative business? Yes, Chairman Farr. Um, on page two of the agenda, we have a stipulation, um, number, uh, case number 55 has been stipulated, if you can mark that. On page three, uh, at the top, case 1483 has been stipulated, case 56 has been stipulated, and then at the bottom, case 475 has been stipulated. If you could just mark that on your agendas, please. What was that last one? 
case 475 at the bottom of page three. Thank you. And then, Chairman, I just want to let you know that as you call the cases today, we do have a mix of uh, cases of personal property, residential, and commercial today. Um, the first cases that are actually for the uh, appellants that are actually here are personal property, followed by, um, I believe, um, the residential cases and then the commercial cases. So it, it would be your preference how you want to call them, but they are, based on the folks that have attended, are listed in that order on your agenda. So the first one was personal property? Pers the personal property cases um, are first, uh, beginning with 416, which is the first person petitioner that is actually here today. Okay. Um, and then they followed by the residential ones and then the commercial ones. Okay. Case 416, Sharon Development, LLC. Forgive me, I've been corrected. Um, we had a personal property appraiser's name that was on here, so they're actually land cases. 416 and 418 are actually land cases. Forgive me. I was going to say I pulled it up before, but... I was wrong. That's happened to me as well. Sir, please state your name and address for the record. Uh, Eric Hopley, 5625 Palmyra Avenue, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89146. Thank you. Ms. Cancel? Rhonda Cancel for the assessor. Uh, subject Could you pull the microphone a little closer, please? Sure. Thank you. Subject property is a 1.95-acre vacant commercial parcel located on John Herbert Boulevard, just north of Centennial Parkway. It's currently valued at $1,528,956, or $18 a square foot. The assessor is recommending no change for the 2425 taxable value. Thank you. Uh, full disclosure, I appraised this property three-ish years ago. I consider myself unbiased, and I will be hearing the case. Okay. Sir. We just feel that the, the values are uh, higher than what we anticipated just because uh, in the past we've, we handed in an appraisal from 2020, and we don't feel like the property values have increased since then. Um, the rates that uh, the rentals that we receive on phase one and two of this adjacent property um, have actually declined, which you know we see as the true value of the property. Do you have any support for your contention? Uh, any comparable properties? Any? No, I mean we feel like as a whole. We were provided five different appraisals on different multifamily projects, you know, across the value, uh, across the valley, and um, the appraisal did mention that uh, since the 215 uh, had a new off-ramp at John Herbert that our values increased, but as far as multifamily, people don't like to be adjacent to the 215 because of the noise factor. So we feel like um, the values that actually have decreased because of the new traffic, you know. Thank you. Ms. Cancel? Yeah. Thank you. Um, the case begins on page 102 of the addendum. 
Uh, on page 107, the petitioner submitted an appraisal for uh, the view apartments, which is another parcel that's contiguous to this, um, the larger parcel, I should say. Um, no weight was put on that because that was dated uh, October of 2020. Um, the assessor's land grid is on page 119 of the addendum. Um, the assessor believes that the property uh, is worth the $18 a square foot. All the comps are coming in anywhere between $19 and $37 a square foot. Um, most are similar use. Uh, there was a, a permit that was taken out uh, for a, um, a plan of townhomes, apartments, and some retail. And that can be found on page 208 of the addendum. Um, this is for the smaller parcel, which on the smaller parcel, they're showing that they were wanting to build some townhomes. Um, and then I also wanted to uh, direct your attention to um, the picture of what the uh, property looked like prior to the new access from the 95 and the 215. Um, I'm not sure if anybody has been on it, but when it comes to uh, the going um, west on the 215 to merge onto the 95, that highway kind of takes a, a very high bank to these properties. So it, it, it's, you know, I can't say for sure how affected it is by the traffic, but definitely access, um, which can be found on page 197 of the addendum from the, the previous, um, with no access basically, unless you go off Buffalo or uh, Jones, it's, it's increased. I, I drove it and I went straight through there from Centennial. So it, it's, it was just, I feel much easier and um, the sales that I do have are supporting our value at $18 a square foot. So the assessor is uh, recommending no change to the 24-25 tax year and holding the value at the 1528956 Thank you. Any rebuttal, sir? Uh, we just feel just because the increased traffic uh, that the John Herbert exit uh, provides, uh, Centennial Parkway will <clears throat> have a very high traffic uh, flow and those units that are adjacent to Centennial Parkway will be, you know, probably have to be discounted because of the road noise versus the interior units. The townhomes aren't very affected by it, but the 301 unit apartment buildings will be affected by it. Members of the board. I, I disagree with everything he said, so um, I'm going to, I think being on the freeway is going to help your site. I think apartment love, builders love those sites, and if you go up and down the Beltway, you'll see them being constructed along the Beltway. So if, uh, for the, uh, based on the information provided, I would uh, accept the assessor's recommendation and deny the appellant uh, on this case. That's I'd make a motion. As it does not exceed full cash value. As it does not exceed full cash value. Motion has been made. Please cast your votes. That motion passes. You do have the right to appeal. Um, we're going to call 418. This is your case as well. Please Thanks. state your 
Yeah, basically the same. Okay, uh, please state your name and address for the record. Uh, Eric Hoffley, 5625 Baumeyer Avenue, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89146. Thank you, Ms. Cancel. Rhonda Cancel for the assessor. Um, again, this property is at the same location. Um, this property is a 14.43 acre parcel. It's uh, zoned as commercial, located on John Herbert Boulevard in North Centennial Parkway. It's currently valued at $11,942,849, or $19 a square foot. The assessor's recommending no change to the 2425 taxable value. And uh, I will incorporate the testimony and information provided from case 416 into court case 418 yes. for your comments. Did you have any additional comments? No. Okay, members of the board? I'm sorry, Ms. Cancel. Uh, the assessor believes that the property is uh, valued correctly at the $19 a square foot based on uh, the comparable sales that uh, are uh, on page 193 of the addendum. Um, again, I included the picture of the, the access to the property, which has uh, been immensely uh, affected access. I, I say on a positive note rather than a negative note. Uh, again, I put no weight on the appraisal that was dated October of 2020. Um, and again, there, there is an, a site plan for it, which is, was taken out in 2022 for commercial and townhomes and apartment building. Um, the assessor's gonna recommend to hold that value at the 11,942,849 for the 2425 tax year. Thank you, any rebuttal, sir? No. Members of the board. Um, based on the testimony provided by the uh, assessor, I uh, would suggest that we deny the appellant's request. Um, what? As it does not exceed full As it does not exceed full cash value. Motion has been made. Please cast your votes. That motion passes, sir, you do have the right to appeal. Forms are outside the door. All right, thank, thank you, you for your time. Case 524-CCC, uh, LLC. Good morning, everybody. My name is Janusz Nowak. Uh, I'd like to be called Jay if somebody others with me. Um, I, my address is 26204 Newkirk Court. Could you say that a little bit clearer into the microphone? I couldn't hear. I yes, sir. Thank you. I phrase it up. You'd like to be called Jay, right? Yeah, if you have to. Okay. And uh, full name and address for the record. Janusz Novak, 6204 Newkirk Court, Las Vegas. Nevada 89130. Thank you. Ms. Papazian. Good morning. Rachel Papazian with the Clark County Assessor's Office. Uh, the case will begin on page 309 of the addendum book. Please refer to the subject vicinity map on page 379. 
The subject property is a gated high-end custom home on Mount Charleston with expansive mountain views built in 2022. It's a two-story home with 13,511 square feet of above grade living and 7,172 square feet of a finished walkout basement totaling 20,683 square feet. It's situated on a 0.63 acre parcel off Kyle Canyon Road adjacent to the Cathedral Rock subdivision. It is a 14 bedroom, 12 and a half bathroom home with a home theater, half basketball court in the sub-basement and one three car and one four car garage. The petitioner did allow me to do a property inspection on February 13th. You will find photos from that inspection starting on page 373 of the addendum. The 2425 taxable value for the subject is roughly 13 million and the assessor recommends a reduction to value to 7,770,412. Sir. Uh, I really I'm flattered by the, by the evaluation as an immigrant. So if you, if you don't understand something, please ask me to repeat it. Uh, sorry about it. Uh, I'm, I'm asking for taking into consideration that the owner builder, we started construction in 2018. And it's common knowledge that uh, building materials went up three times on average. So just, just that, please take into consideration that that took us five years to build it, uh, me and my three sons mostly. And, um, you know, plywood was $14 then, now it's 44. Three years ago for switch gear we paid 2,500, now it's 8,000. So, didn't cost that much. So please take into the consideration that that's, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, members of the board. Oh, I thought you put your case on. Sorry, Ms. Fapazian. Okay. The comparable sales analysis is on page 315 of the addendum book and a subject and comparable vicinity map on page 380. MLS listings with photos for all comparable properties start on page 317. Comps one through seven were deemed the most comparable in site size, living area, and sale date, and are from the entire Las Vegas Valley as there are no recent comparable properties within the Mount Charleston area. Comps eight and nine are listings in the Mount Charleston area and significantly smaller in size. Comp two has a 20% time adjustment based on the May 21 sale date. Comp four was a foreclosure sale with no adjustment for the type of sale. Comps three, four, six, and seven are superior to the subject and were given a 20% adjustment downward. Comp eight adjusted upward 20% for being inferior to the subject it is also a current listing, so there was a 20% negative adjustment list of sale um, applied. Comp 9, in our opinion, was listed at a much higher price and received a negative 50% list of sale adjustment. All comps, with the exception of the two Mount Charleston properties, received a substantial location adjustment. 
Although the values range from 6.3 to 11 million, the assessor does acknowledge this home is an over-improvement for the area and is re recommending a reduction in value to 7,770,412, which is even lower than the indicated median of 9.3 million. Any rebuttal to the assessor's case, sir? Uh, I don't know, I'm not that familiar with the numbers and, and the procedure, but I just feel like uh, uh, I'm being punished by daring to build beautiful house for whole family, uh, especially when I, when I look at down the street, it's a hotel with just 45,000 square feet and, uh, and five acres, uh, they, 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 they taxes is are assessed as a 52,000 and uh, minus cap gives them 22,000 a year. Yours is a brand new build though, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, the hotel has, has a depreciation at, a, at one and a half percent per year. It's apples and oranges to your property. Well, yeah, cap is uh, minus 30,000, so yes, sir. I, I agree, I just, I'm just looking as a taxpayer how I feel like, you know, I pay a few times more than the, than big hotels. Well, again, Nevada is a cost state, so depreciation is applied at one and a half percent per year, up to seventy-five percent uh, depreciation. It wouldn't apply to your property; it's brand new. No, I'm not asking so, for that. This is just. But you are though. You're you're not taking an account into the depreciation. You've got a brand new property. You have no depreciation. Okay. So and 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 we're a cost state. So we use the cost approach in order to value it, and then they will offset it, or not offset it, test the reasonableness of the cost approach by using the other approaches, which they've done and, and decreased the value quite a bit. Do you understand that? I understand, sir, yes. Okay. I understand. Did you have I any, did you have I, any I, rebuttal I, to what the assessor's case was? Any use, any, anything that you wanted to say regarding what the assessor put forth as their case? As I said, I'm, I'm flattered by the, by the valuation, but the, it just didn't cost me that much because, as I mentioned before, uh, actually we have two cases here. The same, the, the materials now what they're assessing is three times more than we... Uh, Did you provide cost budgets or anything? Well... You, you didn't well, provide invoices? You sorry, didn't provide a summary of, of what all of your good expenses question, were? But that is common knowledge, you know, that... Anybody who is in the business of construction knows that material is three times, plus minus about three times more now than, than used to be 2018, 19, 20. Okay. Any other comments regarding the assessor's case, sir? No, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Members Mr. of the board? Mr. Chair? Yes. Jamie Jacobs from the assessor's office. Just to refresh the board and the petitioner as well as we are. Um, dictated by the state uh, through NAC, Nevada Administrative Code, to use the Marshall and Swift cost manual so we don't necessarily take anybody's individual costs. And obviously, it looks sound like there's a lot of sweat equity from this family that put into this home, so um, I, I feel that we valued it uh, according to statute, and again, like you noted, that it went from 12, almost 13 million, and we reduced it down to 7.7 .7 million. Thank you. Thank you. Members of the board?
Would you compare this to Promontory Point or Anthem or any of these comps? No, that's my problem is that we chose the highest end custom developments, master plans, and then, so there's gotta be a huge difference between Mount Charleston and those and the ridges and it's just gotta be. So I wish personally you would have showed me some land sales at Mount Charleston versus a lot sale at the ridges or the summit where they go for a million dollars plus a half acre. So I'm struggling with that. Maybe this is an over improvement for the area and it should have been hit a little harder. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Of course. So we did take into consideration how unique the property is and there's just nothing on Mount Charleston like it, which is why we had to go across the entire valley. Um, but we did, if you look on the, um, the grid, the comparable market grid, there is a million dollar location adjustment added um, or taken away from the comps to hopefully account for the, go ahead. What, what page is that on? Uh, that was on page, on page 315. 315, okay. And Chairman this, Farr, this, this house, I'm sorry. Just, uh, if, if you, um, this board is not as familiar with this comparable sales grid, so um, if you guys would just point out to where your adjustments are on this grid so they can see that. So if you look in the tan colored portion, there's the adjustments that are being made. The one, two, three, fourth, fifth one over is our location adjustment. And as you can see, all of our adjustments being made in each, each category for size, age, whatever it may be. This is Melody Garfield for the assessor's office. Um, up above, you can see the subject property information. That's kind of on the, the white. Um, section there, and then the adjustments on the, the pinkish or tan area, and then those adjustments are built into the values here. So the sale that sold for 8.175 after the adjustments, um, of course it's much smaller, so there was a living area adjustment. We tried to find homes that were as close to similar in age as possible, as close to size as possible. This is a, a very, very large home, and so that's why we were going all over the valley to find this type of property. Uh, but the adjustments are, are built in there and there was a large location adjustment. We looked at land values there. We didn't present you with um, land a grid or anything like that, but that's how we determined that location adjustment as we looked at differences in land values between the subject property and these comparables and just kind of took a median there and used that so we would have a consistent adjustment for all of them. So this, this house is 13,000. 511 square feet? Above grade, yes. Above and then it has grade. a very large uh, finished basement. Okay. With so it's 13,000 square feet. So, and I can appreciate that you don't have sales there. Um, if we're gonna go out of the area and we're already dealing with a pretty significant location adjustment, I would have liked to have seen sales. Are, are these comparable sales, similar in size? What do we have? So like comparable one and two were chosen, two because of size and two age. Size. Okay. Comparable number one, mainly because of age. Um, okay. Also finished basement. We wanted to find properties with finished basements. So we tried to weigh all the different characteristics of the property and try to find something that was um, similar or comparable. 
so I say um, sales three and four, they're 13, five, 15, two, they're 562, 577 a square foot, mm -hmm. right, before adjustments. Um, I think we all agree that, that these locations are superior. I would expect to see something notably lower than that, and yet the conclusion's about 570 a square foot, and I get there's upwards and downwards. Um, I just, and again, I can appreciate not having the data, but there's just something in me that goes, I don't know who's paying $7.7 .7 million for this house on Mount Charleston. And <clears throat> yeah. Now, the, the dilemma we have, sir, is that you haven't really brought us anything either. And so, you know, to be on the fly here and you've not brought any data and they've at least tried to go through and, and present something, it puts it at a, at a bit of a loss to, you know, to, to come back with something else. And as was said, you know, they have to rely on some cost data. Um, are you aware of any sales up in that area, anything that you could point to? And we can't use the hotel, com completely different property. It's I irrelevant. That's an investment property. It's got nothing to do with this. So are you aware of anything that, that would help us? Oh, our next case is 525. That's, that's um, like one quarter of that house. And it cost us over a million, but we put on market for about four, a couple of years ago when we finished. My daughter didn't want, doesn't want to have house for free uh, in Mount Charleston. So we put on a market and for over four millions, and, and we didn't get even one offer. So it's been four weeks, you said? Four millions. We put on a market for four million, so we didn't get oh, any. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said it was on the market for four weeks. I'm, I apologize. We didn't get any offer, so it's hard to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that helps me right now because we we're not at that case, so I'm not really sure what that is. is no, you asked me if, yes, I understand. You asked me if there's any similar house for sale. Okay, so what size is that house? Other house? Yes. About 6,000 square feet. And that one's at about 6,000. Okay. And that house cost us over, over a million to build it. Okay. Like 1.6. 1, 1. And, uh, you know. It's on the market for how much? We put on the market and we didn't get any offer. How much did so you put on the market for? Four millions. Four million. Over, over four million. And how long has it been on the market? You know, I know it's not on the market now. How long uh, was it on the market? For about a year. A year? When? 2021. In 2021, okay. So if we didn't get an offer, it means that, uh, you know. So that was 667 a square foot, which, again, this is, their conclusion is 570. <coughs> so no, I mean, no, it's, it cost us over 250 per square foot, but uh, not even 300 to build. To, you know. Right, understood. But you you built it yourself. Yes, right. yes. So, yes. as was already mentioned, well, those houses under are under LLC, but I'm the, also the owner of the construction company, so we can build ourselves. Exactly. So that doesn't. Because I have three sons, 
very good workers. So you couldn't sell a 6,000 square foot house um, for 666 square foot after being on the market for a year in 2021. Who was marketing this? Was it a broker? I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions that could be answered here. Their value was below that. So, you know, I would say, yeah, if their value was higher than that, that would be compelling. Um, when you're selling, you want to sell as high as you can. I understand. So that, that's what you have to offer. Okay. So you're not aware of anything else up there that would clearly say, hey, this was, is... Uh, uh, they sold the house for about a million and a half in, uh -huh. in the Kai Canyon. Uh, you know, I got the message on the SMS. That, uh -huh. so, uh, sorry, there was no square footage on the house, but it was about one million five hundred. Okay. So I think we as the board are maybe premier our biggest concern or question is location adjustment, right? So maybe walk us through how you came up with that number. So um, as you know, per statute, the taxable value of real property is the market value of the land and the Marshall and Swift replacement cost of improvements, less than 1.5% depreciation. So we determined the million dollar location adjustment by taking the land value of the subject's Mount Charleston property from the land value of the guard-gated golf course comps to find a median difference. Uh, the comparable land sales ranged from 675 to 2 million, and the million ended up being roughly the uh, On a per square foot, I mean, are these similar sized lots? Oh, let's see, they're all in here, so. Where is it? Uh, comp two would be the largest, but we do have the lot sizes. These are what okay. I compared to. Okay, so we're 0.63. Okay. Mr. Chair? Yes. If I could say something real quick. Jamie Jacobs, again, for the assessor's office. Again, what's kind of driving that $575 a square foot is the fact that it does have a large finished basement and a half court basketball court in a sub level as well. Jay, let me ask you something. What would you sell this for today? If, if um, I had an imaginary checkbook that That's wouldn't That's a good bounce. question, but I hope that this house never would be sold. Right. It's Again, nice, hypo nice hypothetically, if you were nice to sell to it, what would you sell it for? Children for, for Christmas or Thanksgiving. So I hope when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm gone, it's going to be on a kind of um, property so people won't be, members of the family won't be able to sell it. That's my hope. Uh, you know, sometimes you're building something for, for your life, not for sale. I'm ready to move into the house, don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. But my question is, if, if it had to be sold today, what would you sell it for? Would you take seven million? Probably 10. I would ask 10. But if somebody would ask me to reimburse it, you know, labor was mostly hours in-house. Right, but, but that has to be accounted for in the cost approach. You know, when we were building cell, we never thought about the taxes what we have to pay on it. So you, You've been around. You know how this works, right? No, listen, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy, uh, as I said, about the appreciation. They, the assessor appreciates, highly appreciates what, what, we, do, what we have done. My wife doesn't, but, uh, but they do, so. Members of the board? 
Can I ask the assessor a question? On page 315 on the comp sale grid, um, there is a column that's highlighted in blue says adjusted sale price. Is that after all adjustments? Yes, okay. it is. So I'm looking at sale three and okay. sale four. They have kind of similar size acreage. Mm -hmm. They're similar-ish in size. They're a little older, but superior in location. Those are 6.3 to 6.7 total. Um, seems to me like it certainly wouldn't be more than that. Okay, and there's no basement. Um, does it say it has a finished basement, 1192 square feet, sale three? Am I yes. reading that right? Yeah. Sale three and, it and has a, sale four a, has no basement. They sale four both, doesn't have a basement. Yeah, and they were both adjusted downward. Um, we felt that the um, amenities that the properties had, mainly like the, the type of construction, you know, they had a lot of sort of um, what I would call gingerbread, but like extra things like coffered ceilings, you know, different things that made it more marketable. And so that's why we adjusted those down 20%. But that's but the that's, adjusted price, right? It is, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so 6.3 lower. Yeah, that's the adjusted right. price for those properties. So the total price for that home after all those adjustments is 6.3. Yes. I, I don't see where our subject is going to be more than that. If that's well, the that's, adjusted that's why we're at the low end of 575 a square foot. Yeah, but you're but you're at 7.74 million, right? 7.77 yes. million. Yes. I mean, so I mean, again, we can we can talk price per square foot or we can talk total price. So rather than getting lost in the weeds of per square foot, I'm looking, okay, sale three is really similar in a lot of ways. And you've already made all the adjustments and that one comes out to 6.3 million total. I don't see where yes. the subject would be more than that. One question, those are, it, are those yeah. adjusted numbers after the location adjustment of a million? Yes. Okay, just wanna make sure that was. Yeah, every adjustment is included in that. Those are at the low, low end and that's why we tend to go to the median which ended up being 9.2 yeah. and that's why we lowered it even further and we went to the low end of the price per square foot. Mm -hmm. Did you make an adjustment for it being an over improvement? We estimated, it, it, the median indicates is the 9.3, but because we didn't have a lump sum adjustment, we just tried to go to the lower end of the range. We did make some changes to the, um, the parcel amenities itself in the um, cost, where we adjusted the um, classing so that uh, it ends up being sort of an odd number because when we went out and inspected the property, uh, we did find that it wasn't quite as high a class as we originally put it on for. And so that, in a sense, that over-improvement question has been dealt with in that way because we lowered the class of the property construction-wise. I agree with what you were saying, Ms. Latch, that it can't be higher than the lowest on this because they're all completely superior, every single one of them, that sold. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I, based on this data, I, I would um, I would say that the, the price for this property or the assessed value for this property, I don't know, I'm not wording this right, would be somewhere in the 6.3 million range. Um, based on the comps and 
in the area and, and the adjustments that you guys did are really good. I mean, these were, this is a difficult property. You made a lot of adjustments. And so rather than looking at the per square foot, looking at the total price, considering everything with that property, I think it's a more realistic number. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Nine out of 10 buyers would buy the comps. It's gonna take a unique buyer to wanna to go out there on Kyle Canyon and buy this. And it might even be a lot less if it sold, even if it were the same quality. So I, I agree with what you're saying. And you didn't bring us enough data. So we have to go with the comparables that were provided by the assessor. So. That was my first time hearing that. So I make a motion then that we, um, that the value should, the assessed value should be um, six point, we'll just round it, 6.3 million based on the comparable data. Motion's been made. Please cast your votes. Would that adjustment be applied as like obsolescence to the improvements? It's to the improvements only. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie Jacobs for the Clark County Assessor's Office. Yeah, we'd probably, we'll put uh, some sort of adjustment, whether it's a economic adjustment, so that way it doesn't, he's not coming back every year, because that would. Motion passes. The uh, assessor does have the right to appeal this case, just so you're aware. Uh, next case is 418. Please uh, state your name and address. I'm sorry, 525. Please state your name and address for the record. Janusz Nowak, 6204 Newkirk Court, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89130. Thank you, Ms. Papazian. Okay, Rachel Papazian with the Clark County Assessor's Office. This case will begin on page 389 of the addendum book. Please refer to the subject vicinity map on page 432. The subject property is a gated custom home on Mount Charleston, again with expansive views, built in 2022. It's a two-story home with 3,622 square feet of above grade living area and 1,580 square feet a finished walkout basement totaling 5,202 square feet. It's situated on a 0.37 acre parcel off Kyle Cannon Road with an expired listing of 3.9 million. List date was 7-26-21, expired date was 4-15-21. You will find photos from my February 13th property inspection starting on page 428 of the addendum. The 24-25 taxable value for this subject is roughly 3.3 million and the assessor recommends a reduction in value to 1,700,347. Any, uh, for the sake of brevity, we're gonna incorporate your comments from case 524 uh, into case 525, is that acceptable? Yes, sir. Okay, do you have any other additional information to provide? Yes, I mentioned, during the conversation here, I mentioned the we would like to put a market for four millions, but actually uh, you asked me how much I would ask really to, to, to sell it. This one I would I'd be happy to sell for two millions. You'd be happy sell to sell it. it for two minutes? Yes, because actually it cost us. Uh, their, their assessed value though is less than what you just stated you would sell it for. I, I didn't say value, I said how much I would like to sell it for. Okay. We value around 
1.6. Based on, what I'm trying you, to help you. This what, is why yes, I'm, I'm asking. I, and I really appreciate it. But what, what is your 1.6 based on? On a, on a, on a cost. But you, but you didn't provide any of those costs? No, my, my understanding, sorry for ignorance, but my understanding was that it's common knowledge that those materials really are about three times more now than we, than we paid. I, w I wish I could appraise on common knowledge. It would make my job a lot easier. Um, So the assessor has this at 1.7. You said you think it's 1.5, 1.6, so I'm not really sure what it is we're hoping to. No, when, you know, okay. when, when you have to, re because cracks, you have to repaint it again, you're raising your cars, you have to replace AC because s snow falls on, on the units, the cost goes high, higher every year. Okay, Ms. Papazian. Okay, the comparable sales analysis is on page 395 of the addendum book and a subject and comparable vicinity map in 433. MLS listings with photos for all the comparable properties start on page 397. All comps are the most recent and similar sales within the Mount Charleston area. The living area is bracketed and site size is similar. The largest amount of adjustment to each comp is due to the age of the comps being much older. Adjusted sales prices range from roughly 1.5 to 1.8 million. The assessor recommends a reduction in value to 1,700,347, which is slightly lower than the indicated median market value. Thank you. Any rebuttal to the assessor's case, sir? Specific to what Ms. Papazian said, do you have anything that you disagree with? It seems to be high, especially the tax bill when, I, when I'm getting for that. Well, ta again, tax bill is based on cost. Yes. And, and the purpose of doing the comparable sales analysis, basically sales comparison approach, is to confirm that, that it does not exceed cost. That's that's the kind of the point, right? So, but you don't have any anything additional to speak to as to what the assessor said. Or maybe because both properties for four months they don't see the sun. Because you know, it's a different story on the other side of the uh, of, 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 of of that location. But on this side, when you are under the cathedral rock. You don't see the sun since November till, till now, really. Members of the board? I, I have a motion. I think that based on the data presented by the assessor, um, it's been well supported and I move to accept the assessor's value based on the fact that it does not exceed full cash value. Motion's been made, please cast your votes. And that motion passes, sir. So you do have the right to appeal. The forms are outside the door. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for thank you for your time. Next case is five zero six AVG Green Valley LLC. Good morning. Please state your name and address for the record. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Ariane Tesdell. Um, my address is 2655 South Maryland Parkway, Suite 201. I'm the accounting manager for LVAC. That's all we need just yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no sweat. Mr. Anderley. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Scott Anderley from Clark County Assessor's Office. Um, for this appeal, I do believe that um, the appellant... Uh, is going to be recommending to withdraw on this one. Yes, yes, and I would like to. we have a few others that uh, we've talked out in the hall that uh, I think she'll mention also. Yes, so I would like to withdraw for this case 506 and the following 507, 508, uh, 510, 512, 5.11. Okay, is the clerk okay if I combine these cases and make a motion? We'll be combining cases 506, 507, 508, 510, 512, and 511. I'm making a motion that uh, to support the appellant's position that they are withdrawing this case. Uh, as they do not exceed full cash value, please cast your votes. That motion passes. So now we're looking at case 509, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, please state your name and address for the record. Ariane Tesdell, and the address is 2655 South Maryland Parkway, Suite 201. Thank you, Mr. Anderley. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Again, Scott Anderley for the Clark County Assessor's Office. Case 509, uh, the subject property is the Las Vegas Athletic Club located at 2655 South Maryland Parkway, which is located on the northwest corner of the Maryland Parkway and Karen Avenue intersection, uh, just south of Sahara Avenue in the central Las Vegas Valley. And the building is 72,000 square feet and was constructed in 1967. Area? Um, I brought some additional documentation everyone to review. I'll just wait till it's all passed out. Thank you. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. Thank you. Thank you. I try. Mr. Anderley, was this the old Von Tobel's? Was this the old Von Tobel's building? This was the old Harley Davidson building, wasn't it? No. Uh, no. no. Or is that Eastern. the one to the north? You're, in, you're a mile away. Harley Davidson was on Eastern. This yeah, could this be the Tobel. property she's going to be comparing oh, to. Okay. So, in the documentation I presented um, on the first page, it's basically a summary of. I'm sorry. Can you move closer so we can hear you? So, in the document, oh, in Perfect. the documentation, 
the first page basically is a summary of the reason why we are here. Um, I believe this uh, comparable property is at a higher rate than another property, and I have included on the second page and third page. The second page is the property under review. The third page is the property I'm comparing it to, which is also on Karen, um, on Karen and Eastern, one block south of West Sahara. So. So your arguments in equity. And the land value. Okay. Walk us through your case. Um, I would also like to present the county's information that per square foot, the the property on uh, Karen in Maryland is actually at a higher square foot price than the one that is under comp review. So, and additionally, I have provided on page four um, a breakdown of an income analysis of the property that the county assessor also provides in his documentation at the very beginning of the packet. I have used the same format so we could easily compare. And there, the county has reached a total, reached a total value, property value of 12.7 million, whereas I come up with 5.4 um, based on the potential gross income that I see as the tenant. Um, so. Um, the Sorry, you're, you're, you gave us this, we're on this one, right? 509. This parcel number doesn't exist, so I'm trying to figure out what, how to pull that up. Which one? Some, you're, you're missing a number. 16211, you have 53015. There's a missing number in the 53. Is it 530? Is it 531? Oh, apologies. 503. 503. Okay, thank you. Dash. I'm just trying to pull it up so I can Sorry. look. Sorry. Thank you. Okay, that's the one on Easter. Yeah. That's Sahara. Okay. So based on the square footage of the land value and also using the um, income analysis, uh, in both cases, it's below what the Clark County Assessor has listed for the property. So we, we request that it be reviewed and lowered. Mr. Andrew. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, our information, our capitalization summary, you'll find on page 354. Uh, the information for that was gathered by uh, Sales of Fitness uh, clubs in the Southwest, which you will see a grid of those sales on page 355, um, which um, does give me the uh, mean and median for dollar per square foot values and um, rent per square foot, uh, which is highlighted on that page on page 355. Uh, they, uh, those numbers were used in my capitalization summary to support the taxable value. 
um, information on these sales on page 355 is provided in your packet on pages 356 through 362. There's a map of those sales on page 363. Uh, CoStar information for the subject on 365. For the CoStar information for the subjects areas on pages 366 through 68. And on page 369, is a land grid uh, provided by the uh, appraiser in that area that does easily support our overall land value um, for the subject, uh, indicating that an actual uh, valuation, it's currently on at $9 a square foot, and that land grid does show that it should be significantly higher, closer to $20 a square foot. Um, the data sheets for the sales on, the, on that grid are on pages 370 to 73. A map of the sales on 374. Uh, 375 is the page that she's referring to showing the subject parcel versus the old Harley-Davidson building. Um, there is a difference in the land value on those. There were two different land appraisers in the area that I talked to. Both thought that their values were correct. Um, and basically that's our case that the land value is actually undervalued. Ariane. So I also want to point out that um, the county also did a, a sales comparison of fitness club sales on page 355. Um, there are 19 properties listed. Only one is in Nevada. All the others are out of state. Um, as we all know, real estate is very localized to the area. You know, I mean, the whole world knows where Las Vegas is. Very few people, you know, when asked where San Bernardino is, probably wouldn't know. So that impacts the value as well. Um, but now in the packet that I provided on the very last page, I also pulled up comparable sales, uh, 10, 10 properties, all within the state of Nevada within the Las Vegas area. Um, I was looking at comparable properties for that, you know, tenant leasing, you know, landowner leasing to a tenant. That was my criteria. And so on the page prior to the last page, there is a little, the average, where the sale amount is like 5.4 million. And that is what I used for my, to help me with my income analysis as well. Kind of as a comparison. Mr. Chairman, can I address the equity issue? Please. I pulled up that parcel. So the other parcel on Cairn and uh, Eastern mm -hmm. is a little larger. It's 8.04 acres. It's assessed at $8.08 a square foot. The parcel, the subject parcel is assessed at $9 a square foot. There is a difference. You have the hard corner of Karen. This site doesn't. There's another. There's a gas station there. That difference alone supports a 10% adjustment, a corner adjustment. Um, so that for that reason, I would say that's not. It's not relevant. Your argument's not true. That that piece should be worth less per square foot because it doesn't have a corner. You have the corner. But again, that's a fact. And I completely, I'm not disputing the fact, I'm just simply saying from the tenant point of view, we don't have that information regarding that corner where there's a gas, it's not a gas station, I think it's just a convenience store. Okay, I'm no just No affiliation at to LVAC, no affiliation to the tenant. 
Well, I'm just looking at land value. You said the land value was inequitable. I'm saying I disagree with you because there's a difference that supports that difference of 10%. So for that reason, I would disregard the equity issue for this case. I don't think it's supported. Do I have to make a motion for that? No, because we're not done with the rest of the discussion. Mr. Angrily, any reason you didn't use 4440 East Tropicana, which was a vacated LBAC? I was not aware of that. When I did my co-star search, this is what came up, the sales that I have on my grid. Okay. I just wasn't aware of that sale. I can give you an APN if you'd like it. Well, I might as well state it for the record. 16120415001. This does have an adjacent tire center next to it, but it was purchased by Junior Achievement of Southern Nevada in February 2023 at $8,750,000. Was it like 120 or 130 square foot, something like that? I want to say that. Let me see. I've used it as a comp. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Right. 4440 East Trop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you've got this. Your recommendation is $5.731 million, right? Is that what I saw? Okay. Just a minute. Just a minute, please. Our total value is, yes, $5,731,062. Which is about $79 a square foot, which is lower than even the comparables that you provided. And you said it should be somewhere close to 5.5. So I'm seeing these are very similar. And really the difference in the equity, you know, your thought about the equity, I think, would explain the difference. Yeah. I think that it seems like a very reasonable value at $80 a square foot. I would move that based on the data presented by the assessor that the value is supported and does not exceed full cash value. Motion has been made. Please cast your votes. And that motion passes. You do have the right to appeal. Thank you. No sweat. Thank you. Forms are outside the door. Next case is 1374 Condeb West, Inc. Sir, are you with Condeb West? We called your case.
I thought somebody had ran to grab you. Again, case number 1374, please state your name and address for the record. Greg Marowitz, 4501 North Beach Street, Fort Worth, Texas, 76137. Thank you. Ms. Doherty. Okay, I'm sorry for the delay. Give me one second, please. Thank you. The subject property is a Dillard's department store located at 1320 West Sunset Road in a part of the Galleria Mall. The improvements consist of a 214,309 square foot mall anchored apartment store constructed in 1996 and situated on a 13.62 acre parcel. The assessor recommends a reduction in taxable value to $10,203,010. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. The information that I presented shows um, I've shared the sales with the assessor's office every year, and some of the analyses to determine that value are based on these gross retail sales. That's on page two of my chart. And as you can see at this location, it's been relatively consistent. It's most recently declined. It rebounded after COVID, as most of them did. And then has declined the majority of our stores here in the, in the Las Vegas area have declined from 22 to 23. Um, this is considered a national market in our opinion and as far as the improved sales that I got to review from the assessor's office we looked at a lot of 22 and 23 bulk transactions JC Penney's bankruptcy portfolio sales and from an appraisal perspective these are not arm's length transactions, sale leasebacks, uh, lease fee properties, and freestanding facilities are not comparable to a mall anchor. Consequently, it's necessary to either adjust those or exclude them from an analysis, and, and significant adjustments, in my opinion, is warranted in those cases. Um, specifically, uh, exclusion, because of not being comparable. If you look at the Rental rate, comparable rentals on page seven. The retail sales are presented on each of these leases. So although they're not in the Nevada area, if you look at the gross retail sales at the locations of these comparable leases as compared to our subject properties, you can see that the pro formers utilized in my analysis are bracketed by those actual lease rates. So consequently, the uh, pro forma income analysis on Page five is supported by the lease rates I presented on page seven of my packet. As far as the capitalization rates, we're very close at the lease rate on this mall. Um, we've got 3% vacancy and collection loss by the assessor and I utilized five. Walking through the Galleria, 
there was a significant amount of vacant space in the downstairs area. I don't know who all has been there recently, but I visited all of these malls in the past two days and um, was surprised that this had more vacancy than most of the other three. Then we take, um, I took 5% expenses for management and reserves for replacement, and that was based on a triple net lease. The assessor's office utilized 3%. Uh, the most contentious point appears to be the capitalization rate selection. I've utilized 9% based on the risk associated with the mall market, the online, the competition from online retail sales, and the movement away from the specific mall properties and redevelopment of these locations, and downsizing of anchors, not to mention the numerous bankruptcies and hit on the retail market, and they have utilized a 6% cap rate. Given this information, I believe that a reduction is warranted based on the performance of the property and the fact that the retail sales have declined. I realize we can't adjust that every year because it would have been adjusted significantly in COVID, but it is kind of cash flow analysis is what most appraisers would consider or, or property purchasers, market participants would look at the performance over time and average out and see that that's a, a flat line more or less for this property and, and declining in uh, the most recent years. Does that summarize your case? So far, yes, sir. Thank you, Ms. Doherty. Thank you. Our capitalization analysis begins on master book page 3241. We start our analysis with the 321 formula that we've been using for several years here. We apply a breakpoint, which is calculated and presented to you on the paper that was passed out, the Anchor Stores Sales Breakpoint History. So we evaluate all stores that file appeals and submit their sales, and we come up with an average. So in the case of the Galleria, for this year, it's $101.20. That's our breakpoint to start the analysis. The subject's actual sales are not used as it would understate the, a minimum rent. The tenant would be obligated to pay the landlord under terms of a percentage rent lease, even with declining or below minimum sales. So multiplying the breakpoint times the 3% indicates rent per square foot of $3.04 annually. That equates to 25 cents per month, and that's used in the following calculation. Oh, and uh, let me mention the 25 cents per month is less than the 47 to 50 cents per square foot uh, shown on the assessor's department store sales on a national market. This is um, on addenda page uh, 1296, and it's a summary of 22 and 23 sales of anchor stores. These are not stores that were torn down and are uh, repurposed in any other way other than retail. So it reflects a compilation of um, uh, penny stores, Macy's stores, former Lord and & Taylor, and other assorted stores. Um, and this indicates a rent to average rental rate of 47 cents per square foot. 
So based on that, we estimate an income attributable to the subject uh, of $650,633. We're applying vacancy and credit loss of 3%, reflecting the subject submarket and the subject's longtime 100% occupancy, typical of a long-term leased anchor store. We're applying a capitalization rate of 6%. This is based on PricewaterhouseCoopers fourth quarter 2023 information for regional mall product sales. This indicates a range from PWC of 5 to 14% with an average of 7.88. And also, again, the uh, compilation of 22 and 23 sales that I referred to indicate an average uh, price uh, average uh, cap rate for these sales of 6.91. This information is considered much more reliable than investor survey used by the appellant because the investor survey is that, it's a survey. It's not generated by actual retail market data. So this um, allows us to come to an estimated taxable value for the subject property of $10,203,010. And that equates to 65% uh, of this taxable value to be attributed to the land. The land is estimated at $11.25 per square foot. The, that leaves the remainder for the building and the associated site improvements, which equates to uh, on a per square foot basis for the building at $16.46. For a total, this taxable value of $10,203,010 equates to $47.61 per square foot of building area for this uh, modern, well-maintained anchor store at the Galleria Mall in a major shopping location in Henderson. Thank you. Daryl Prowalski for the Clark County Assessor's Office. I just wanted to make a comment that um, we also look at the department stores similar to a lot of the big boxes that we talked about, I think, in our last hearing. Um, this property did end up, uh, before applying obsolescence, come in about $24 million. So we've already made a significant reduction. I think the comparable sales were ranging closer to $80 a square foot and were less than $50 a square foot. Again, $0.25 cents a month on rent. Um, I don't think that we exceed cash value full cash value. I think we've kept this property fairly level over the last three years. You can see that with, um, you know, sales also being pretty consistent. Um, so again, that is our position. We are recommending a small reduction um, from a already reduced value. Any rebuttal, sir? Yes, sir, unfortunately. I'm uh, climbing the hill of marbles here, it seems like. I, uh, I come out here every year. Um, simply for the fact that I think the starting place is overvalued and then I get bumped small increments every year. So to me, regardless of the size of the assessment increase, when you're starting from a point that I don't believe correct to begin with, it's, it's even magnifying that. So I provide the retail sales every year in hopes of adjusting that. If you look on the, the department store sales that were utilized to develop the cap rate from the assessor, as I mentioned earlier, if you read down through there in the comments section, there are portfolio sales. A lot of those are JC pennies. You can look that up on the uh, website for the marketed properties. That's a convoluted scenario where they're staying back in there and the mall bought them 
to keep that anchor space from being vacant. So consequently, that was a play by the mall developers in a joint venture to keep those anchors from going vacant because the co-tenancy clauses in those inline spaces are such that they can vacate the space without penalty if the anchor goes dark. So as a result, some of these things with the cross-operating access agreements on these malls and these locations, um, if you look through the whole second page, it's a ground lease, sale lease back, portfolio sale. Um, this is just a personal opinion. I've clipped the California of one time going to Lake Havasu, Nevada, and that's a whole different market. That's a whole different section of real estate that doesn't compare really to anything except California. So I don't use those sales and I don't consider them comparable. Um, I believe the capitalization rate, if adjusted, as well as the expenses slightly, if you can do management, find a management firm that'll do it for 3%, and it's a long-term lease, granted, but this is owner-occupied. So if we leave, the store's vacant, you get the keys and we're gone. You gotta fill up a two-story space um, of over 200,000 square feet. So I believe that some adjustments warranted in this um, based on the slight decline in our retail sales and the fact that they've been flat over the past several years. Members of the board. Um, how does the board feel about the fact that this 10.2 million is like $17 a square foot of land for an end cap on Stephanie? Um, sub 50 a square foot. I, I, I appreciate the whole, like the discussion about sales and, and cap rates and whatever. But, um, but as I look at this thing, I, um, I'm not sure how much of this is a, a real property issue or how much of this is a Dillard's issue. I mean, if I look at um, Galleria, Dillard's and Macy's are roughly the same size. Macy's has higher sales, right? I mean, across the board, it looks like, you know, we've just got lower sales uh, figures for Dillard's. So from a real property perspective, you know, it's $17 a square foot for the whole value just for the land is 17. Um, I think you said that the depreciated uh, was 16 a square foot, is that right? Yes, the taxable value attributed to the building alone is $16.46 per square foot. I mean, I don't know how much lower you can possibly go before you say this is worth nothing. I mean, even the land. It, it, and I get it, you can't, I mean, I get it, it's part of a mall, but I mean, you know, from, from the assessor's perspective, there's, there's what you attribute to the, the revenue, but then their, their task here is to look at the real property. Um, and. I, I just, I don't see how much lower you can go. I understand, may I respond? Yeah, please. please. Um, it's an economic unit. You, if you start separating that out, well then you can nitpick this thing, and that's, that's part of my point, is I provide the sales every year in hopes that, that we evaluate it consistently every year, but it seems to be a print-to-fit situation where if they go up, well then we find a way, um, or go down, we find a way to reanalyze those sales or discuss building value versus land value. I don't have the luxury of confirming land sales on the assumption of correctness that this number is correct. This, most of our stores are located in the back of the project. So granted, 
if the other anchors agree to relinquish the cross-operating and access agreements that are in place for an alternate use, which they all have to agree, um, then that changes the highest and best use. So as an economic unit, we haven't sold or bought any stores nationwide that were arm's length transactions for any more than what I've put in here. There's a sale in Florida that pops up that's $100 a square foot. That one, the developer was building our new store in a different location and purchased that property to get us to move our store to the new lifestyle center. There's another one in, um, I can't remember where the second one was, but, but those are one-offs, they're anomalies. Oh, it was, in, it was in Arizona. It was an unsolicited offer at significantly higher than market value and the property was not on the market. Consequently, um, that, that goes to the fact that these things in this sales price per square foot range nationwide, regardless of where they are, if you look at those lease comparables I presented, the mid 40s for this sales range is about what those things are gonna trade for in a true arm's length situation. Okay, and I think the assessor is at 47. Right? I mean, how, yes. what, is, what is it you think it's worth? Well, this is probably the one that's the closest to the, um, being one that I feel that's reasonable. But, but, so, but what, I mean, standing right here right now, what do you think the assessed value should be? I don't, I don't have a calculator in front of me. Did you have a per square foot mind? I mean. I'm, let me. Okay. Let me look real quick. Yeah, sure. I think when you look at the retail sales, it, it presents a lower value, but I believe that a $40 a square foot price based on the retail sales in the pattern would be a reasonable number. You think $40 a square foot, and you said nationwide it's mid 40s, and, and I think we, you and um, the assessor have kind of acknowledged that all of these deals are a little hairy, right? You've said they're portfolios, they're sale leasebacks, they're, they're leases, they're bankruptcies, right? So, I mean, you know, the sales data, we can talk about the sales data, that, that's fine, and we can talk about revenue, but again, my question is how much of that is a Dillard's issue versus a real property issue, and maybe the assessor could speak to that, but that's why we always kind of at some point have to also look at the cost approach and look at land and depreciation. So at 40 a square foot, we are, let's see, 214306. We are at 8.5 million. We have 13.62 acres there. And I get that, you know, maybe you can't subdivide it or whatever. And if this was in the middle of the property, I'd maybe be a little more hesitant, but this is a beautiful end spot. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's $14 a square foot just for land value with no, nothing attributed to the building. So I just, I feel like, you know, there's, we're not far off here, and, and um, I just, I don't know. Caroline, what do you think? What else can you add? Well, um, I agree that the sales for an anchor store are very unclear, and they're very uncommon, really. They're not, 
a typical commercial sale, because as you mentioned, so many complications. Um, you have to take away uh, sales that have deed restrictions and um, evaluate the location on the department store sales, uh, the national data presented by the assessor. All of these stores are at part of a mall. Um, and one um, is the Macy's at, uh, in Las Vegas here, and that was a recent sale, $44.42 per square foot. Of course, um, the lease in place, the Macy's lease in place, was a very important part of that deal. But nonetheless, looking at these 23 sales generated over the past couple years, and as I mentioned, weeding out the sales of the properties that were definitely gonna be demolished and redeveloped or um, are, are not included in this data. So we've got 23 recent sales indicating an average sale price per square foot of $85.77 and a median of about $80 per square foot. And it's incorporating, you know, as we talked about, there are some sale leasebacks, there are portfolio sales, but I think that this is what the market is for selling these anchor stores because the deals are so complex. And further, it indicates cap rate between uh, 6.9 and 7.4, and rent per square foot. 47, 47 cents to 50 cents per square foot. And you know, we're taking in a lot, of, uh, a lot of numbers here, 29 cents per square foot for rent that's indicated by ground leases, newer buildings, older buildings. Um, so in my opinion, this is about the best available information we can get for sales of anchor stores at this point in time. So looking at the Galleria, Dillard store. Um, it is very well located. The Galleria Mall area is very popular. Every single anchor store or retailer wants to be in that area, and they pretty much are right now. It's a very high traffic location right off the highway on major um, corridors, east and west, and north and south. So I think definitely the Dillard's at the Galleria the land value is definitely worth at least $11.25 a square foot. And the building at $16.46, I think, if anything, is a little on the low side. Thank you. Mr. Chairman? Yes. Can I address that briefly? Sure. Um, when you do an appraisal, you don't do it separating out building value per square foot versus land value per square foot. Land value is a cost component in the cost approach. And the appraisal of real estate will tell you that that's a self-adjusting approach to analysis that should mirror the income and sales comparison approaches, if properly done. So even though they did a significant economic adjustment, I believe there's still room there. As far as the location, all these things are gonna be located on the interstate. And like I said, even though it's a nice end cap, it's at the back of the mall. And that may bear to the concern of the sales. It may bear to the concern of they go into a different department store first, as opposed to dealers and find the same thing. As far as everybody wanting to be there, I was there yesterday and there's a significant vacancy specifically on the first floor and, and spotty vacancy through the second floor. So if that's the case, they should all be 100% 
occupied with a waiting list. I have one comment, if I may. Of course. The Dillard store is located on the west side of the mall, fronting on Stephanie. I would not agree that it's at the back of the mall. Thank you. I think there was a lot of really good data presented here on both sides. Um, I think the assessor did a good job um, with looking at the building and the land. And as you say, it's part of a, a larger economic unit. But I think you had said mid-40s were sort of where you thought. And she's at 47, which I think is supported. I think that's mid-40s. So I'm going to make a motion that um, we accept the assessor's recommendation of value as it does not exceed full cash value. Motion has been made. Please cast your vote. And that motion passes, sir. You do have the right to appeal. Case uh, 1375. Mr. Chairman? Yes. I apologize. What was the number? Uh, 47. The total? 10 million 203010. Is that correct, Carolyn? Chairman, that is the correct number, $10,203,010. $10. Okay, so now we'll call again 1375. Please state your name and address for the record. Greg Morowitz, 4501 North Beach Street, Fort Worth, Texas, 76137. Ms. Doherty. The subject is a Dillard's department store located at 4200 Meadows Lane in a part of the Meadows Mall at Valley View Boulevard and US 95. The improvements consist of a 182,529 square foot mall anchor department store constructed in 1990 and situated on an 11.4 acre parcel. The assessor recommends a reduction in taxable value to $6,556,329. Thank you. Mr. Marwitz. Based on the previous case, I'll accept that. Okay, so you're withdrawing? Yes, sir. If that's the correct term, I'm, I'm withdrawing. Okay. No, it would be, they would have to, he would have to stipulate to the value because we are recommending a re, uh, reduction. And if he's stipulating, he needs to understand that that means that he would not be able to appeal that to the state. Do you understand that, sir? I couldn't hear it. I apologize. You're not withdrawing. You're stipulating to the value that the assessor? That's fine. Okay, based on the motion, or based on the information provided in testimony contained herein, I motion to accept the assessor's valuation uh, as it does not exceed full cash value. Please cast your votes. And that motion passes. You do, have, uh, you do not have the right to appeal because you're stipulating. I'm learning. Uh, case 1376, Dillard International. Please state your name and address. Greg Marowitz, 4501 North Beach Street, Fort Worth, Texas, 76137. Ms. This subject is a Dillard's department store located at 3200 South Las Vegas Boulevard and a part of the Fashion Show Mall. 
The improvements consist of 199,338 square foot mall anchor department store constructed in 2002 and a 375,864 square foot parking structure constructed in 2001, both situated on a 5.31 acre parcel. The assessor recommends a reduction in taxable value to $17,109,527. Thanks. Mr. Marwitz. Uh, board members, this a lot of the previous discussion carries over so as not to bore you to tears, hopefully. Then what I'll do is I'll incorporate the testimony contained in case 1374 into case 1376. Is that acceptable? Yes, sir. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Uh, the same thing here, we, we look through this mall is, is, as you know, on the strip and occupied with every anchor possible. And the thing I noticed is that a lot of the specialty retailers in this, due to the enormous size of the structure, are the same retailers we have selling the same goods in Dillard's. You can walk out to Coors and find the Coors retail space, and I'm not familiar with all of them, but I noticed several of the, those are in that space, and it's overwhelming. I'm uh, used to a little bit smaller atmosphere. So as far as this goes, it goes back to the same thing. I understand it's on the strip, but utilizing the rental analysis, our sales are at $129 a square foot. Um, although this is not technically at the back of the mall, it's at the west, southwest end of the mall, and our sales the last period are $129 a square foot versus the average that the rent was calculated on of 173 And the point was made about a Dillard's problem. Uh, the location in the mall is certainly going to have a play on some of that. The other thing is the business model in these, and it was the assessor's office that's asked me for this information year after year, which I've provided. So, the performance of the other ones, I don't, I can't speak to their business model in terms of whether they have sales inventory reductions to increase these numbers, and, and the same with with our sales. The the consistency in this pattern, to me, should be a discounted cash flow analysis, and I understand we're going to get into the land value and building value again. However, it, it's on the strip. You can tear it down and build a ball stadium or another casino. To me, it's not the highest and best use of the property. If you're getting to a land value of $68 a square foot, that's not something we're going to go look for to put a Dillard's department store on. You're not going to find anybody that's going to pay 68 bucks a foot for a, for a department store or a Home Depot. They can't sell cost of goods to justify those numbers. So I believe that some reduction is warranted in this. It's an enclosed mall, and again, we've never sold anything for this price before, but I realize, again, it's on the strip. Thank you. Ms. Doherty. The same calculation is utilized to develop an income attributable to the subject. Out of the three stores that reported sales, we come up with a breakpoint, $173.06 per square foot. That equates to rent of 43 cents per square, uh, per square foot per month, which is in the range generated by the sales of the last couple of years at various malls across the country. Um, 
we apply a 2% vacancy and credit loss because of its location, its submarket, its proximity to the strip, 3% for expenses, and we're using a cap rate of 5.75% again based on PricewaterhouseCoopers data indicating a range of 5 to 14% and an average of 7.88. We look at it, um, the cap rate is also reflective of the amount of risk that we take out of this analysis in estimating a very low um, rent per square foot per month for the subject. Um, again, this is actual data generated by sales transactions using the mean of the anchor store uh, sales list calculated by the assessor's office of 6.91% cap rate. We come up with a, um, a proposed property value of $17,109,527. And that is attributed, 93% of that taxable value is attributable to the land. The land equates on a square foot basis to $68.46 per square foot. And again, this is feet away from the strip. The leftover value attributed to the building, the $1,274,000, equates to $6.39 per square foot for that building. The reduction, we're recognizing um, a downward adjustment of 3.3% from the original taxable value. Uh, this equates to, on a square foot basis for the whole building, including land, $85.83 per square foot. Again, it's in the range of, of information presented by the 23 comparable anchor store sales put together by the assessor's office. In looking at Dillard's uh, sales for this location, you know, yeah, they're not as high as anyone would like, but they're 1% lower than they were last year, and they're 13% higher than they were in 2021. Um, so I, I can't really see how things are falling off the cliff here for this property. Um, the fact that it's in the same enclosed mall that over 40 million visitors a year walk on the strip and they're exposed to that mall I think um, the proposed value, values by the assessor's office are reasonable. Thank you. Mr. Marwitz, any rebuttal? Yes, sir. It, it's, it's still the same thing. The cap rate range, she quoted from PricewaterhouseCooper, was 5 to 14%. We're at the bottom of that. Um, the store sales increased from 2021, but again, we're picking the, the dates we want to increase and decrease from. Let's look at 19 to 20, and what was the percentage decline then? So to be fair, you should consider all these in a discounted cash flow type analysis to preserve an accurate representation of the sales per square foot. And my question is, if you've got eight anchors in this mall, if everybody's been in there and not worried about what's for lunch, you know, we can, um, if one of them's vacant, do they exclude that? To me, that should be included or if they don't present their sales, um, if they don't present their sales information, is that excluded from, excluded from the number of anchors? Does it automatically go to seven? So it should be considered whether it's included or not.
because it's part of that structure. So I have a question as to how that's developed. So in this case, um, I do agree with you in regards to the location issue. So this location, even though it's in fashion show and it's on the strip, is in the very back. It's, this is not a great location within this mall. And my thought about the parking garages, I don't know how much that benefits you personally or specifically. Um, you don't get income from it. it so I, I don't, I mean, I get that from a cost perspective, you guys have to consider that, but I don't know how beneficial it is. I think what I would say is what kind of jumps out to me is we used a six cap on the other one. Um, I don't think this one necessarily warrants a lower cap rate. Um, it's, it's big and I don't like the location of it. You know, the, where the other one I think clearly had a really nice advantage in its location. So if you apply a 6% cap rate, it comes to 16 million. 396, 633, which lowers it to 82.26 a square foot or about a 4% decrease. I think at least that's consistent and seems fair. Board, what do you think? I'd like to just make one additional comment if I could. Um, so again, we applied the obsolescence to this property. It actually closed the tax roll for just over $51 million. Um, we brought it down to 17 seven uh, with another additional reduction. Um, we, we do realize that this property is um, located off the strip. We've made a 50% adjustment to the land as compared to other properties that are on the strip. Um, the case that we didn't hear, which was at the Meadows Mall, um, Dillers does lease the first floor of that building for 46 cents a square foot and we're at 43 cents a square foot for the fashion show location mall. Um, I just wanted to make the board aware, and that might have been why we didn't hear this case, this last case. I guess my thought is just consistency in in the analysis. I don't, I think we get all get, I don't know, me get a little blinded by the whole fashion show strip thing. Um, I don't, I just don't see where this location really benefits that greatly from it. Um, I don't know how much of an impact the, the location really has, the fashion show location or the name or anything on this one. And so from, for just looking at consistency of analysis, I don't know that it warrants the lower cap rate. So just if we just do that, it suggests a, a slight decrease and it, and it would be consistent. That, that's just my thought. My only thing is, is a gut check on the land value. Land value is less than three million an acre. In my opinion, I don't think that's a really functionally developable site or a great site. It has no frontage. It's not big enough to do anything. I don't, I don't, whereas with the other one, I think the land value was more compelling for me based on its location and its access and its visibility. In this case, I don't, I don't see that as significant. Um, I don't really know what else you would do with it. Um, and I, and I, I do appreciate that you've got to deal with the garage, but I, honestly don't know that it I go to, the, I was just at the fashion show. I, I drove right past that garage and went underneath and went up the escalator and no offense to you, sir, but I almost never make it back that end of the mall. It's just, you know, you're come, if you're relying on people to come in from the strip, they have to go through the entire mall. And I know you noted something about competing stores. Well, that happens everywhere, but I, I do think in this case, this particular location is, is really, you know, not optimal. Uh, and it's a really big store. 
But th that all said, I just think if we just look at consistency of analysis and we had a 6% cap rate, I don't know that this warrants a lower cap rate. Well, let's ask Ms. Doherty, why did you choose a lower cap rate for the strip property? Because of its strip location um, and the desirability of the strip, as we've all observed, there's a lot of new construction on the strip, major developments going up. I think that this kind of location, and I agree the Dillard's is at the back of this mall, um, not a prime location, but I think um, it would attract interest from the market, whether just for the store or for the land. Um, it's really within, um, I measured it uh, a while back, I forget the measurement, how many feet is it west of the strip? Um, I'll just try to recall, uh, let's say 600 feet west of the strip. I think that would command a lot of interest in the market and it is a valuable site, whether improved with the Dillard store or as viewed as vacant. So this is interesting because I was literally just on the strip this weekend and I don't do a lot of staycations and every time I walk down there I think why, I don't get it. But anyway, we were at the Fontainebleau, we were across from the Circus Circus, again pondering that, and right to the right of it is a, what, a two-story souvenir store. And right behind that, 20 feet off the strip, is like an old travel lodge that is on a small site. It really can't be anything else. I mean, we all know that. You have a small site. It doesn't have frontage. Yes, it's the strip. Yes, it's land. What are you going to do with it? I, no one's building high-rise. It's small. You can't put a casino there. And I, look, and I was having this conversation with my significant other who is not an appraiser, and he goes, that must be worth a lot of money. And I said, I don't know. What are you going to do with it? What would you put there? It doesn't have retail frontage. It doesn't have, you know, and, and it's small. And he said, well, a hotel. Exactly. That's what you've got, a two-story travel lodge. Well, why don't you go up? It's very expensive. So, I mean, this is unique, I think, for this particular property. So I don't, I don't see, if I'm just looking at nothing else, if I don't get lost in the weeds of your retail sales and talk about Dillard's versus another, if I just look at consistency of analysis, I don't, I personally don't think a lower cap rate is warranted. And I don't think it's a huge difference. I, I think you would be really well supported. You could say five and three quarters and it's not drastically off, but you know, if we're gonna say that the 6% was fair or, or that's a fair cap rate and none of us were arguing that, I think that 6% here would also be fair. So I don't know. That's the last I have to say. I, I would just like to add clarification. It's not 600 feet. I was, I was thinking, because I've been in that mall so many times, um, it's 1,700 feet. I just did a quick measure, which is a third of a mile. I, I don't disagree with the 6%, the, you know, the cap shaving thing. I also understand this is the back, and every time I go in, I do pull in the back, but I see a lot less foot traffic back by Dillard's than when I head to the front, a lot less. So I, I have no problem with that 6%. Um, so I make a motion that for the sake of consistency and the, the very thoughtful analysis that the assessor has done on all of these properties that a consistent cap rate of 6% would indicate a value of 16396633 or a reduction of a little over 4%. Um, I make a motion that um, we offer that as an alternative. 
Motion's been made. Please cast your votes. That motion fails. I'm just having heartburn at the 86 bucks a foot. I, I, I think if you were to sell it, it would be for more than that. I understand that it's in the back of the mall. I get that. I, I think the land value is, is light, frankly, um, understanding the constraints that are on that parcel. Um, I, I just don't think that it's worth, you know, less than 86 bucks a foot. Especially considering the rent that was applied to test it. And with that, I guess I'll just make a motion um, to accept the assessor's value of $17,109,527 as it does not exceed full cash value. Please cast your votes. And that motion passes. You do have the right to appeal, sir. And case 1377, Dillard Investment. Again, please state your name and address for the record. Greg Morowitz, 4501 North Beach Street, Fort Worth, Texas, 76137. Ms. Doherty. The subject is a Dillard's department store located at 11011 Sage Park Drive and a part of the downtown Summerlin Mall. The improvements consist of a 207,000 879 square foot mall anchor department store and 126,592 square foot parking structure, both constructed in 2014 and both situated on an 8.28 acre parcel. The assessor recommends no change in taxable value. And for the sake of time, we'll incorporate the testimony uh, and information provided from cases 1374 and 1376, is that acceptable, sir? It's acceptable, I don't know if it'll help or not, but we'll do that. Thank you. Please uh, share your information. You know, this is undoubtedly the best mall that y'all have that we're located at. It's a lifestyle center situation. It's a newer property. Again, you know, it's consistency with me. I don't care if things are going up because if they're going up and our sales are going up, this one's trending upward. The other ones were trending downward or flat, and, and that's proven. And over time, I have a graph for the other two other than the Meadows, which I think is a redevelopment project as well. We're trending downward over the past several years. This one's trending up. It's in a good location. 
However, it's a two-story building in a largely one-story development. Again, everybody's gonna, that's been out there knows how nice it is and they like to go eat out there and all those things come into play. I drove out there and it, it made my head hurt because it's so congested to me from not being there locally. Um, and, and I see a lot of that growth as far as, as these lifestyle center projects. If you have a larger vehicle, it's hard to maneuver in and out of there. That's beside the point. It's, it's consistency in this, and our, our retail sales are at $155 a square foot, which is down from the prior year, and they're basing it on 181. The only other thing, other I, I, anchor, I know the center is Macy's. Um, so I just don't believe that any increase, specifically a half million dollars, is warranted with the pattern, even though we're trending upward. I think that we took that last year. So at some point, a depreciating asset's gonna have to go down in value, regardless of how great the market area is perceived by those in it. Um, the facts that are presented here, um, all the sales of the assessor's office are are not arm's length for the most part. You might find one or two in there that are. Um, not a sale lease back a ground lease or a portfolio sale or a bankruptcy sale. So developing the cap rates from those that information to me gives a misleading number in the first place. So I just believe that that no increase from the prior year is warranted. That's it. Ms. Doherty. We start our um, estimation of value based on the percentage rent calculation. And uh, in this case with downtown Summerlin, it's based on Macy's and Dillard's um, average, which is a $181.19 per square foot. That translates into a rental rate of 45 cents per square foot per month for this Dillard's property. The subject's actual sales are not used because it would understate a minimum rent a tenant would be obligated to pay a landlord under terms of a percentage rent or, or a lease, even with declining or below minimum sales. So just to be fair, we go with this breakpoint 321 formula to be fair with all the appellants to keep it fair and equitable. That's how we come up with our numbers. So based on a rental rate of 45 cents per square month, um, we generate income attributable to the real estate at $1,129,968. We apply a vacancy and credit loss of 3%, expenses of 3% based on the subject's location, submarket location vacancy rate, uh, desirability of the area, and the long-term lease nature for these anchor stores. We're using a cap rate of 6%, again, based on PricewaterhouseCoopers averages and the mean of the anchor store sales of 6.91% based on the assessor's uh, compilation of 22-23 data. Um, we come to a estimated taxable value of $17,719,780, which is broken into about 48% of that value is land, which is valued at $19.75 a square foot leaving the remainder to the building improvements and the associated site improvements. That equates to $37.29 for the building. 
and the total taxable value equates to $71.55 per square foot. We feel it's in line with market data generated from the national marketplace, which produces a mean, an average of $85.77 per square foot for all of these 23 sales, and a median sale price of $79.89. In looking at the Dillard sales here in Summerlin, um, they are down slightly from the prior year, but the, the overall trend is upward. And actually, it generates, over the past seven-year analysis, the store has been reflecting a compound annual rate of change in sales of 2.57%. Um, downtown Summerlin, is very successful and popular. A lot of new developments have been constructed around it, including apartment complexes and a ballpark. Um, it's hot. The Dillard's and Macy's stores are side by side, both visible from the 215. Um, I think they're pretty much equivalent as far as location and proximity to everything, parking and the rest of the mall and uh, uh, other developments nearby. I think that attributing $37.29 to the building area alone is very fair, and an overall value, taxable value for this property at $71.55 is very fair. Thank you. Daryl Prowalski for the Clark County Assessor's Office. I just wanted to let you know that the replacement costs, um, new less depreciation value prior to um, us certifying the role was at 49,628. So we did apply economic, significant off, economic obsolescence to this property at the um, certified value at 14,874,279. Thank you. Mr. Marwitz. It, it's the same thing. It's a print to fit situation. We discussed right here, the assessor discussed the compound annual increase over the performance of this store but we've ignored it in the prior three hearings. So that's inequitable. It's, uh, it's, it's somewhat alarming in the fact that um, I'm not asking for these low redevelopment rates. I'm going out there and looking at these properties and considering what's actually there based on the information that's arm's length and what should be considered. This, and I did testify that this is an upward trend as opposed to the other stores. I believe that was taken the last year. And as far as the external adjustment, you know, that's subjective. Depreciation is a subjective estimate. All you appraisers know that. And um, condition and quality, it's a branding for a Dillard. So if you go in there and say it's nicer to JCPenney's, that's a personal opinion. If an anchor department store or a competitor buys that, they're taking a bobcat in there and they're tearing all that out to make sure you don't think you're in a Dillard's if you're running a Macy's or a Nordstrom's. So the interior finish, uh, you basically have a shell structure for a comparable tenant. And until those cross-operating and access agreements are rescinded by these, these developments, then you're limited to a retail use. So I just believe that the increase we took last year was represented based on our sales. Members of the board. This is a great location. This is a great location. And it, if, if there was ever one that warranted consideration for a lower cap rate, it, it would be this one. I have no issues with the assessor's values. 
I, based on uh, the data presented, I, I move to accept the assessor's value as it does not exceed full cash value. Motions are made. Please cast your votes. That motion passes, sir. You do have the right to appeal. Thank you very much for your time, and we'll see you next year. Thank you. Take care. Looking forward to it. Well, it looks like that does it for cases. I motion to accept the assessor's recommendations on any cases where the petitioners did not attend this hearing and those that have been stamped, stipulated, or withdrawn. Please cast your votes. Motion passes. Any administrative? Yes, Chairman Farr, um, our last hearing uh, will be this Wednesday, February 28th. There are 13 cases left to be heard for that hearing day. Thank you. Microphone's open for public comment. Seeing none, I'll close the microphone. Any other business? That will be all. Thank you for your time. Meeting is adjourned.